What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Full 90 Podcast. Today's guest is Tom Noon. Tom works primarily as a strength and conditioning coach in the footballing world, but as you'll hear, depending on the club's needs, he can wear several hats. Uh, So Tom joins just to talk about his role in football. Uh, He didn't necessarily play at a high level, but he's found kind of his calling, helping improve uh, players on the physical side. Uh, I think this role is very important in the footballing world in a professional environment where you have a strength and conditioning coach who is managing the load and also communicating very closely with the coaching staff. Um, It helps avoid injuries. It can help uh, improve the physical fitness and strength of a team dramatically. Um, So yeah, Tom takes a microdosing approach to where he wants to work in 5, 10, 15, 20 minute intervals with players, keeps them focused. He finds uh, the shorter the thing, uh, prehab, rehab, whatever it may be, uh, the more focus you have and the better you can actually improve uh, before and after training. Uh, Tom also talks about the three types of players he sees uh, in the typical club, how he deals with them, how he works with them. Um, but yeah, I found this episode very interesting. Uh, I liked this conversation and hopefully you guys are enjoying the show. Uh, if you are enjoying the show, please be sure to leave us a rating or view, pass it along to a friend, teammate, colleague. Uh, yeah, without any further ado, here's Tom and I. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, our guest is Tom Noon. Tom, if you just kind of want to introduce yourself, uh, so give us your name, where you're from, um, where you work, and, and what you do. Yeah, thanks for having me on, mate. Um, so, obviously, my name's Tom Noon. I'm based in the UK, so I live I live in Manchester. Um, I'm born and bred in Manchester. I am a physical prep coach or a strength and conditioning coach by trade. Um, I have been for probably the past eight years now. I've worked uh, with a multitude of different sport athletes, but predominantly my skill set currently lies lies within football. Um, that's definitely where my main interests lie. Uh, and at the moment, I work for a club called the New Saints, who are the Welsh Premier League champions. Okay. Uh, my team actually played uh, TNS, the New Saints, in your way. That was Conference League. Europe, Europe Conference uh, League, yeah. Yeah, last year, so that was uh, that was kind of where our worlds collided. Yeah, actually, no, I don't even know if you know this, but uh, you we follow each other on Instagram. Um, yeah, yeah. And I I know you as TN Health and Performance. Yeah. So I didn't know your name was Tom Noon, to be honest. And uh, you messaged me a couple of days before you came to Iceland, and I I don't know if you just don't have TNS stuff on your Instagram, or I just didn't clock it. Um, but when you messaged me and you're like, oh, we play against you, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't even really hurt. didn't even realize that. And then uh, one of the guys in the coaching staff was like, oh, so you know Tom Noon. And I was like, who the hell's Tom Noon? Because <laughs> just in my head, you were, you were TN Health and Performance. You know, so you know people by their, by their Instagram name. But I thought that was funny. And then uh, I was like, Tom Noon. Oh, of course. You know, yeah. so. That was uh that was kind of where our worlds collided and uh, yeah no, I thought I thought it was important just to come and introduce myself man and meet why yeah. not? it's always nice to put a face to your Instagram you know of course and we, we had the opportunity through football which is why I love football because it opens opportunities like that so of course yeah one of my favorite things about football and obviously kind of uh, shows that with the podcast I just love to love to connect with people and hear about their experiences uh, and obviously you know not just players so there you yeah. go.
Now we had some technical difficulties here, um, but basically the question that I asked Tom is to start on his background uh, and tell us kind of how he got into uh, sports performance and a little bit of his history. So it's not the smoothest transition, um, but yeah, that was the question. Give us your background. I guess I'm just a sports kind of enthusiast. I've always been into sports. So when I actually left school, I went and did landscape gardening, which is a bit random. Okay. Um, yeah. So I did, I did that for like four or five years. I, I loved it, to be fair. Being outside is, you know, it's nice and a bit of physical manual labour is uh, is enjoyable. But I've always known that I've wanted to get involved in sport. So I just sort of went back to uni as like a bit of a mature student and just went down the general um, or the typical route that people would go. So I did a, an undergraduate degree in sports science and then stayed on and did a master's degree uh, in sports science, but just a little bit more detailed in certain areas. Um and then I started off just PTing, basic personal training stuff. Um, obviously, all in this time, I'm still playing football. As a massive football fan, I was desperate to try and get involved in some form of football. So yeah. when I was going through uni, I managed to, I was quite lucky. I got myself a couple of internships. So I spent a full season with Oldham, who were in League One at the time. Um, that was brilliant. So the lad who was sort of my senior was a guy called Anthony White. He's now a goalkeeper coach at the FA for England. He works okay. with, with the senior goalkeepers. Um, I managed to do a short little one with Everton Football Club and I just started to create a bit of a network, really. Um, continued through my path of, of university. Then when I left uni, I managed to get a job in, in Dublin and Ireland, um, which wasn't in football, which is uh, in, a, in a, a very large private orthopedic hospital, um, which okay. is my love for sort of strength and conditioning developed because they're basically a private orthopedic hospital that specialises in sports injuries, but I don't really know much about the Gaelic sports. Um, they're very jump, land, twist, turn, multi-directional sports, so they have a lot of a lot of injuries, um, a lot of knee injuries, a lot of hip injuries, a lot of back injuries, calves, Achilles, you know, you name it, all the, all the different sort of sporting issues. Um, which was brilliant, man, and it just opened my eye to working with a host of different athletes from a variety of sports, um, obviously thousands of different injuries. I think working in rehabilitation first definitely improves my skill set as a coach because it just allows you to be a little bit more detailed, so to speak, and just get to know how the human body works in a bit more detail. Um, so I was there for a couple of years and then I'd had a child. So okay. I had to move back to the UK just because my, my partner wasn't there at the time. Um, and then fortunately, when I came back, I, I wanted to try and stay in the rehab realm. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware, but so in, in England, there's the PFA, the Professional Footballers okay. Association. So they are basically an organisation that provides support for all professional footballers. So if you're Premier League all the way down to League Two, so essentially in the Football League pyramid, yeah. uh, you'll be a member of the PFA or just come out of your wage. So then they will provide you with support such as, uh, you know, if you move house, uh, if you get an injury mental health, all these different things. They're just that, that kind of organisation. Um, but they basically provide a service at St. George's Park, which is uh, for all league clubs. You typically get uh, League One, League Two, just because the, the services that those clubs have aren't as high as obviously the Premier League and the Championship. Um, yeah. So I, I managed to get a job there, continuing in my rehab. Uh, so I'd get thousands of players, male and female, coming through the door, spend two, three weeks with us for intensive intensive rehab um so is that like when their their clubs 
don't have like the, yeah, the proper yeah. personnel well, to. It might not mean they don't have the personnel. It's just, for example, if you work for or if you play for, let's say, Oldham as an example, if they're in League One, they might have two physiotherapists. If mm-hmm. they've got four or five injured lads at once, you know, I'm sure as you as you know, it's that's hard for the staff to manage and yeah, make sure that each person's getting high quality individual care. Uh, the second thing is psychologically it's nice to get the lads out of the building and just go and experience a new environment um and i don't know if you've been to st george's park but it's obviously the national football center for england so it's an unbelievable facility with the best equipment and yeah. pictures and you know so so it's nice it's, it's nice um and there's a hilton hotel inside so they get to stay there and it's just it's just a nice vibe for them um <clears throat> so yeah they'll send them over there they'll get like a detailed physical assessment from the physios loads of testing equipment as you can imagine uh, which just helps to to strengthen the rehab program when they go back to the club, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, man, we just work with them for for two three weeks, provide as much you know information to them as we can. Obviously, collaborate with the clubs uh, and the players just to make sure that when they go back, everyone knows what what's um, what's required. Um, and that was that, man. Yeah, I worked there for a year and a half. Um, and funnily enough, I was working with two players who were at Port Vale. Okay. Who were injured. And Port Vale were in League Two at the time, and they were basically talking to me and saying, "We don't have a S and T coach. We, we, he's left." Um, so one thing led to another. The manager rings me that night and was like, "Oh, I heard you're working with Adam and, and Manny. You know, there's a job here for you. Do you want to get into sort of club football?" Because I had a good experience working with footballers. I just hadn't worked within a club mm-hmm. as a full-time role, anyway. Um, yeah. And then yeah, one thing led to another. I got that job. Uh, it was brilliant, man. Worked there for almost two years. Um, a lot of that was through the lockdown period, which you know provided some sort of constraints, but it was brilliant yeah. nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, I then left there, went back to St George's Park, got another job doing the same sort of role, um, and then another opportunity came up to come and work for obviously the New Saints where I am now, and I've been here for this is my third season now. Okay, and so at Port Vale, were you the head strength and conditioning? Yeah, I was the head strength division, yeah, so it was, it was sort of a one-man department, which, okay. again, is similar to where I am now. Mm-hmm. So, in this role, did you have a lot, um, like, did you, you control the warm-up and the strength and conditioning and a bit of the rehab and prehab as well? Yeah, uh, like exactly, man. So, all-encompassing? Yeah, my, I guess, well, it would encompass all aspects of the physical preparation, so whether that okay. be load management, individual recovery strategies, um, the the periodization plan and the tapering strategy across the week of how, you know, the training program would look, um, strength and power development in the gym, uh, all of our training prep, pre-training prep, exactly as you say, the pre-training activation, post-training gym sessions, uh, I'd get involved with rehab as and when necessary, um, and then even down to just individual session and drill design and making sure essentially that we're, we're have have that holistic approach to physical prep so it's not just Tom you're on your own in this silo it's like no let's collaborate with the coaches and make sure we're sort of getting the speed development out in our sessions as opposed to just running them and that sort of stuff man so okay so you also uh did you do stuff like nutrition yeah nutritional support um I did so luckily for me I'm not an expert in nutrition but I definitely know enough to provide a solid a solid service there uh, I'm quite old school in the sense that I want to do my job to the best of my ability, so I want to try and get all the little disciplines in if I can. 
So unfortunately, I got a master's nutrition student who just finished his master's to come in as an intern. Uh, so he was like a sports science intern, but he specialised in nutrition. So I sort of gave him the realm and the role to develop that as, as good as he could, really, which which was massive bonus for me. So Okay. Uh, I do have... I'm going to ask, maybe it's tough in League 2, could you kind of give us just some insight as to what, like, a, a week, week uh, like, schedule would look like in League 2? Like, you're probably playing twice a week, right? So... Yeah. How are you how are you managing this load? Are you having people come in before training into the gym? Like what were your how did this look for you? Um, um maybe it's a, a tough question because it's a very yeah. broad question. My hey is this, well this is the this is where you have to be clever as a coach and this is essentially yeah. the biggest sort of way you can have it uh input I feel in a club. Mm-hmm. If you can get the the process of the week right and make sure the lads can train appropriately at the right times and make sure they're training hard at the right times. Everything else is is, is easy and sort of takes care of itself. So I guess in League 2, as you say, there's two games a week, pretty much every week, you know, bar, bar a few select ones. Um, it would depend on the manager and how he likes to work, but generally it would be if we work on a Saturday to Saturday week, you'd have a match day on a Saturday. Sunday, which would be your match day plus one, would be an off day. Um, Monday you come in for sort of your plus two, but then it would also be a minus one. So the plus two would be a bit of a top-up session for the, obviously the lads that haven't played. They need to get their top-up from what they may have missed from the game, however that mm-hmm. may look. Um, for me, the key targets there were to make sure they have quite an intensive session. So keep it short, but can they get a high cardiovascular stress in a short amount of time? We all know the benefits of high intensity and tough training. It's, it's that typical format that you would use but within a football session um, because it allows you to get similar physiological responses and, and sort of aerobic adaptations within a short amount of time with reduced volume that you would get. From obviously, you can't go outside and train for 90 minutes because yeah. you might need to play tomorrow, etc. etc. Um, so that would be that. Uh, from that, that's typically what I would call like a strength session. So on the pitch, that would demand quite a lot from the musculoskeletal system. So there'd be heavy amounts of braking uh, through pressing and change of direction and mm-hmm. you stop starts that you obviously have in your small-sided games. Um, that's key physical load that they need across the week because that helps keep your tissues healthy, such as your patella tendons, your groins, your hamstrings, etc. Then they'd have the game the next day. So Tuesday would be game day. Uh, so if you think of it like this, from my perspective as a physical prep coach, they'd go Tuesday intensive. And that would be, as I've sort of described, it would be a shorter sort of small-sided game-based session mm-hmm. that would tick those boxes from a physical prep. The next day, if it's match day for the players, it would form what we call an extensive session. So you're playing for longer periods of time. Um you know, your your longer working blocks essentially. You're covering larger distances. It demands a little bit more from the from the musculoskeletal system as well as the cardiovascular system. Um, this is where you might, you know, sprint a bit more and things like this. So it's important for me to keep the lads on the same program. So if you don't play on that day, they need to do some form of extensive base running, just so they get that natural build up as the lads would have got across the week. So the match day minus one would be an intensive session also for the 
for the lads who played on the Saturday, just short and sharp, few small sided games, and then they, they prepare for the big game. Um, it's really important to make sure that the lads who don't play are on the same programme. So they go from that intensive, small to big, and then they recover. Even if they don't play, they need to just be used to that yeah. sort of wave. So that's how we'd work. We'd go intensive, extensive. You could call game day an extensive session. The day after the game would be a day off because there's a lot of travel down to sort of London-based mm-hmm. games or all around the country, essentially, in that league. So you're getting in very late. Um, it's just not practical to come in the next day. Um, even if we thought that might have been a better strategy physically, it's just not practical. The lads need the time yeah. off. They need the rest. Um, Fair enough. Then you'd come in on Thursday, which would be your match day minus two. Um, then you then you go straight into your match day minus one Friday, and then you just go straight into another game. So it, it's tough, man. It's, it's limited time for training, really. But it's just making sure that the coaches are on board with doing the right things at the right time, um, making sure the volume of those things are correct, um, you know, and then just essentially getting to work, man. Yeah. So I won't make you go through all of this again, but how does that differ when you're talking about only playing on the weekend? Um, yeah, so this is where your framework is important. So like I said, if you have the framework of we want to work them intensively, we then want to go and work them extensively because from a musculoskeletal and cardiovascular perspective, they're kind of working on different systems and processes on those two days. I know it all sort of falls into one, but you can kind of beast them essentially from the smaller, tight area uh, okay. way, which from a tactical perspective, you'd get, um, well, that would be your technical day, essentially. You'd get loads of touch of the ball in short spaces of time. Um, you know, and it's very technical, and that, that's their sort of technical aspect of the week. You'd then build up the next day, which would be, okay, we're looking to cover larger distances, um, we're looking to open the legs and make sure the hamstrings are nice and healthy and they're prepared to sprint and cover these distances need to cover in game then you're going to get more of a collective approach with the team where there's a lot more tactical element because you're playing in pitch dimensions that uh, you know more resemble an actual game um, so if there's no game you just go through that pattern anyway so the lads would be used to then go in this sort of small session then we go to a big session and then we recover so you can just build up progressively Mm-hmm. You might go, so for example, if there's no game, if you call game 100% of a game load, you might go, your intensive session might be 40 to 50, okay. and then across the way you might go 70 to 80% on the next day. So you're, you're, you're getting close to a game load, but not just a game. And you when you come down again and then... When you give that percentage, with that yeah. percentage, is that, like, is that just intensity of the session, or is that like sprint distance, or is that... So, so that would just be volume. So when I say okay. just percentage as a basic way to think about it, that's just your mm-hmm. basic volume. So okay. total distance, uh, high-speed running distance, etc. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So uh, you can kind of continue with your career prog- progression. So after Port Vale, yeah. this is when you made the jump to TNS? Yeah. So Port Vale, I went back to St. George's Park for another short sort okay, of yeah. in between roles. Um Again, just allow me to brush up on you know my skill sets and make sure I stayed involved in football because you are working in football and it's just a little bit more individual based. Um, and then yeah, man, I just uh, an opportunity came up. Someone that I knew had contacted me and, and said this role would come up. Would you be interested? Uh, I didn't really know much about the Welsh the Welsh system, um, 
but then obviously I went and met the manager at the time who who's now left, he's gone to Gibraltar, but I went and met the manager at the time, you know, we, we, we sort of hit it off, he was a great guy, his vision for the club and all these things just sounded great and I just thought, why not, it sounds a great opportunity, so I, uh, I jumped at that, uh, the two sort of seasons before I'd come there, they hadn't won the league, I'm not saying it was down to me, but I came in, <laughs> we won the league the two, the two past two seasons, so things have gone well, man, it's been good, it's just been nice to enjoy a bit of success in football as well. Because mm-hmm. in, in the football league, it's very up and down emotions, you know. I'm sure, as you can imagine, whereas at TNS, we're the Welsh champions. So the league standard isn't as high. It, it's competitive, but it's not as... You can play some teams that aren't as great across, you know. Yeah, the you don't just, have... The league just isn't as, as great, essentially. Yeah, so you maybe don't have nice enjoy getting points off of two off the exactly. second place team. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Whereas in the football league, every game is a massive game. Um, which I like as well, you know, I love that element yeah. of it. But yeah, it's been nice to get a bit of um, a different side of football and sort of win things and have some positive emotions, should I say. Yeah, of course. I I mean, I've experienced both sides. Um, as a player where you're in a team that's struggling, fighting for every point, uh, yeah. and then now my team now, where we're usually the, the favourites in a game and, uh, you know, fighting to win the league and, and trophies so it's it's very different uh very different feelings two sides of a coin i guess uh, oh it's, it's crazy man so like even when we're at port Vale, like it just gets so like it's, it's draining and i i'm i obviously don't play the games but i sort of can feel the drain as well so i can't imagine what it would be like for a player but we, we you could go 17 games so like we played i think our first 12 games we hadn't lost at the start of the last season i was there had a great system going. Everything was working in terms of, you know, football, technical, physical, tactical, ticking all the boxes. So obviously, you know, if it's not broke, you know, don't change it, right? So we continue yeah. as we are. And then we went on this 17-game, like, streak where we just couldn't win. We just drew or lost. But, like, yeah. we hadn't changed anything, you know. I was behind the scenes, so the, the lads were grafting. It was, we were doing all the same things, but then on the outside, the fans and what's going on and then ultimately the manager lost his job uh, which then a catalogue effect and that kind of led to you know a lot of exits and, and then I ended up leaving yeah. as well but yeah it's mad man it's, it's crazy football's a crazy world so a little more like on the, on TNS and Welsh football is it full time football um, so, for most of the league or at least for TNS yeah so TNS are full time I think it's about 40% of the league are full time and the other 60, obviously, are part-time. I just think it, it works better for their clubs just to okay. sort of finance things that way. Um, again, that gives us a little bit of an edge anyway. So we do have the best players in the league. You know, there's no question about that. But mm-hmm. it's evident in games. So we might get to the 70th minute and teams will turn up, you know, regardless of the standard of the team, you're always going to get a 15-minute period at the start of the game where they're going for it. And it's yeah. tough, you know, and I'm sure you know how that goes. Of course. Um but we just there's a strong strong difference in in fitness levels. I feel you know this is just on the eye. But when it gets to the 70th minute, teams are just flagging and dying, and we're just overpowering teams just with our running abilities and stuff. So um, yeah, we, we, just because we're full time, we just have that advantage anyway. Yeah. Or do most of the teams have a strength and conditioning coach? I would say so. They just okay. won't have the contact time that TNS would get. Yeah. So let's say they train twice a week, you know, there's a heavy focus there that the manager has to get there 
technical tactical work in so I'm sure uh, I'm, I'm guessing but I kind of know the football world I'm sure that individual will probably get 20 minutes both days with the lads you know whereas the, I get, the team yeah, just but, trains twice a week yeah so like let's say the seven pro ones they might only train twice a week uh, I know there's a few hybrid models where they might do three mm-hmm. um, whereas when you look at TNS we're in pretty much every day we might have one day off in the week and a day off on the weekend um, so the, the difference in terms of contact time that they get from both the coaching staff and someone who does my role is is significant you know I'll see the lads more than the manager really like every single day I'll have the lads in the gym for half an hour before training you know I I, I very much take like a, a micro dosing approach to my work so just give them small little bits of work every day all I ask for them is they turn up and give me good effort good levels of intent you know and just stay consistent every day that's all I ask quite simple it works um you know and obviously over time we're just it, it stands us in so much so much better stead than other teams because they've just got a higher volume of work essentially um you know and that goes for the pitch work as well i i've got a lot more time with them on the pitch than i imagine the other sort of strength coaches in the league do get interesting okay do you guys yeah. train in the in the morning or in the evening uh it's actually a good question so we we kind of do both um Depends on the weather, basically. Generally, we train in the morning. Generally, Um, but if there's weather issues, we we, yeah we train in the evening. Just so when it gets to winter, the pitch can get quite icy. Um, Obviously, it's artificial surface, so just we need to use the day to sort of thaw it out, basically. Okay. But it's nice because it kind of seasons are long. You know, seasons get long and draining and stressful. Like when that period hits, it's kind of nice because it's a little bit different feels a bit different coming in the evening and you know short chest sessions because they want to just like to come in and get off so yeah we like it it works for us provides a little bit of a window to just break things up a little bit as well do you feel um there's differences between morning and afternoon sessions um like you kind of just said they were a bit shorter and sharper but do you feel like focus levels change at all uh it's a good question man that's Personally, from just anecdotal with with you know with my squad that I work with, not really. I've not noticed too much. Okay. Um, I think they just like you could say yes, but I don't know if that's just because they know they're coming in, getting the work done and getting up. Whereas if we train in the morning, as an example, you know there'll be pre-training prep, there'll be the training session, there'll be lunch, then there'll be gym. Whereas if we train in the evening, because like I say, because we want things a bit short and sharp, it's just because it's the evening. It'll be yeah. training prep. It'll be training. There might be some quick food, and then it's it's gone. So, I would probably argue the lads would, you know, say the opposite, and that they prefer the the even sessions. But I've not noticed it really. They're pretty good. We've got a good group, you know. To be fair, okay. Um, which I think is important as well. Just the general culture of the of the group to be to be focused. Hundred percent. We we definitely go through bad days. You know, I have the days where you can't really get hundred percent out of them, but I get it. Like. I think for someone like me in football, it's important to understand just the culture of football, the psychological element of, of travelling in every day, grafting every day, the group of lads that aren't playing and how they feel, the, you know, the lad that's not playing well and all these different things. It's important because this is why I said before, I, I, I sort of go down this micro-dosing approach. One, because I think little and often it is important and it helps you get just stay consistent and I think consistency is one of the biggest keys to 
to success in, in all aspects. Um, but two, because I can't expect them to come in every day and graft. So if I if I make the session a little bit shorter and sharper and just say to them lads, I need these two, three bits done, make sure they're done with good effort and off you go. You get so much better buying and you know. Yeah. It's tough, okay. man. It's tough, but yeah. I, like I mean, it. I ask out of out of my own curiosity. Um, in yeah. Denmark, my team trained in the morning, um, yeah. and then here we train in the afternoon. Um, you know, I guess in the morning when you're going in and you have some breakfast and you have time to decompress, um, like before football, yeah. but football is still like the, you know, the main focal point being early in the morning. Um, I felt like sometimes there was more focus, whereas, you know, in my current team, we are part-time. So some guys work and, and do school and stuff. And, you know, kind of like you're saying, getting a gauge on, on how people and like the psychological ups and downs, you know, some guys just come in exhausted from work and like, it's not, yeah, it's tough if you're if you're working you know on the side of football you just you can't have your best day every day um so i was just curious if you noticed any of the any of that um but yeah, most of your, most of you guys are are full-time and don't work then on the side yeah so none of our lads will work on the side okay. really they might do the odd little bit here and there but obviously they're they're full-time and our, our schedule is quite heavy so they don't really yeah. have time and i'm okay. sure that when they do get their off time they just want to use it is downtime yeah um but i yeah, know it's interesting like i like the psychological thing for me is is huge you know i think like young practitioners and by the way i'm not the most experienced practitioner but that's probably the biggest thing that they would would need to understand like just get a general gauge of understanding the culture and what it means to be a professional footballer like it must be hard to come in every day and graft and things can get quite repetitive as well. There's only so much football thing, you know, you can't change things too significantly. So uh, it's tough, man. It is tough, but I think having an understanding of that and then, like, that's why I think someone like me, the key thing you can have change on is just trying to get them to do the right things at the right time, little and often. As long as they give good good effort and consistency, you know, you, you'll, you'll slowly move in the right direction. Yeah. So what's the, the kind of makeup of your current squad do you have? And like kind of, I guess, how did TNS handle this? Do you have some older like professional players or younger guys that are looking to move up in the football world or kind of a mix? And yeah, do you treat, really. not treat the players differently, but do you program for them differently, I guess? Yeah, no, it's a good question. We definitely do. So we have, we have. I, I said there's always three groups, and in our squad we definitely have the three groups. So you have the older senior pros that have been there, done that. They've played, you know, high level football. I don't want to say they dropped down to where we are. It's not necessarily the word, but you know they've ended up here at the later stages of their career. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have the group that, you know, without sounding like without being negative to people that are kind of a bit not sure where I am, do I want to be here, I'm not playing in the middle kind of group, um, which I'm sure you know. And then you have the young professionals that are, you know, they're young, healthy, hungry, keen to do anything sort of group. So generally our program very similar for the main squad. And then the young professionals will give them more individual development programs because we think that's important. We make them stay a little bit longer in the training ground. I mean, you know, I give them a little bit more individual time. Um, 
not that I don't give the other lads individual time, but they're at the stage where they can just come in, their program can be sort yeah, of blanketed. They, they probably know their body a little better as well and know exactly. what they need. Yeah, and then you've got the older group that know their body. So this then comes back to why I like to provide shorter sort of micro-dose-based sessions because mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like at your club, but our senior pros, particularly after you've just beaten them for 90 minutes outside on a pitch session, um, they don't want to come in the gym. The last thing they want to do is come in the gym. So all, I just give them the win and say, listen, two things that you need to do, it might be X and Y. Go and get X and Y done, three sets of five, six reps, or whatever that may be, um, and then you know, off you go. Um, but yeah, we definitely treat them differently, and I think that's important as well. Um, but I guess sort of like, I don't know what other strength, strength conditioning coaches are like, but my philosophy has always been Pitch, pitch is the most important thing, right? So I think pitch loading is the most important thing. But when I say pitch loading, I mean there's work that I can do with them outside that can still develop their strength, their power, their speed qualities, which are in far more of a um, position to transfer to actual football as opposed to the gym. Okay. Whereas my approach in the gym would be, I don't want to say basic, but... Just focused around keeping them healthy and strong in key areas to make sure that they're robust and that they can then handle the most important thing, which is the high pitch loads that I want them to do. Yeah, I mean, I think, back to I think... clever programming with the coaching staff to make sure that we are getting those key things right. Because if you don't, they are going to detrain and obviously not get the the things that we need them to get. Of course, I think basic has a, a bad connotation um, because sometimes you just that's what you need the basics in the gym to keep the the base, so hundred percent. But it's even the same with the pitch work, like the basics. So, like, what are the basics of football is a running based sport, right? Which which makes me laugh sometimes because lads don't like running. But I always say, you know, it's it's a running based sport, particularly you know centre back yourself. A little bit different, but you, you understand what I mean. Um, yeah, they need to be prepared for. So the key things I say to lads is the key things that potentially might get you injured outside are the breaking actions. So a lot of pressing, a lot of decelerating, a lot of changing direction. Very stressful on the musculoskeletal system, very stressful on the groins, the hips, the hamstrings, the quads. You know, it's the, that's the stuff that could break you down. And then the other things are the higher velocity of running, the sprinting actions. It's taxing on the ankles, it's taxing on the calves. Obviously, you want your hamstrings to be healthy. You know, it demands a lot from the hamstrings, particularly the quicker you go. If you can tick the boxes of making sure the lads are prepared for those two types of actions... Like you're you're winning in my in my answer, so that's why I always say like pitch loading is the most important thing. Can you keep them robust in the gym, but then outside can you keep beasting them with those types of actions and progressively overload them in a consistent manner? And they should be in a good place to to go. You know, but obviously injuries happen. You can't you can't yeah. as much as we talk about prevention, you can't prevent everything. Um, but that's, that's the key thing for me. I think if you can tick those boxes and make sure lads are prepared for those two things, they should just be allowed to then just go and, and dominate and play the football that you know everyone wants to do and that, that's what they're there for, really. So, okay. Yeah. I'll, I've got a question. I don't know how stupid it's going to sound and maybe we, we cut it out, but <laughs> how would you compare yourself to, like, like, let's say a championship strength and conditioning uh, coach, like, do you do? Do you have a lot of the same values and and you know 
systems and they just have more resources or you know years of experience i i don't even know like yeah do you know what it's it's a good question and this is going to sound weird as well so i'll, I'll give you an answer and this is just my opinion but people okay. have said this to me before that have worked in high levels of football and obviously i've got friends that work in these sorts of levels as well but i feel that i would be more suited to that type of level Okay. I don't know why I feel like that. I just I'll try and explain it. But let's like so you said it before, yeah, basics, the word gets exhausted. Everyone's mm -hmm. doing the same things. Whether you work in the Premier League or whether you work in the National League, like it's it's not it's, there's no secret. Do you understand that? Like, everything that particularly yeah. within the exercise realm, like Twitter, social media, all these things, that like, everything's out there and people know what they're doing. It's there's only so many ways you can get someone faster, quicker, stronger. It's just then about how you use that within your environment. So I think you all, you basically answered the question. I would like, we are, we're all going to be doing similar things. We're all working in a similar way. I just think if when you get to the championship and the prem, their resources are so much better. And I don't necessarily just mean, uh, it's not like they're doing fancy stuff. Yeah. I just mean they have, they have more staff around, so there'll be more help. So there's, the structure of sessions might flow a little bit nicer. They'll have more support individually, whereas I, I'll try and get myself around the 30-man the squad, as an example. Um you know, they'll, they'll have help. Even outside, I've got 28 lads trying to go through and see things. and You know, it gets hard. They might have just a bit more people to help. They might be able yeah. to structure and feed off each other. And, you know, they'll have better bits and bobs of testing equipment. And they just have stuff to basically add extra layers of detail. So we're yeah. doing the same thing. They're just Their level of detail is just better um, yeah. just because they, they can't really. Um, but yeah. that's why it's key yeah. just to try and do your best within your environment. Stick to you know, your framework of what you think that is, um, you know, and just just get to work and do your best. But I guess, I don't know if that answered the question. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what the answer to the question was. So, you know. Yeah, I, that's what I mean. But I, I, I think I, you, I say that you that hit all the points I was looking for. Yeah. Okay, so kind of, you said they have more like testing stuff. Um, so how... I'll, I'll ask you first, how analytical are you like with data? Are you tracking GPS and and all that and looking at the data on a day-to-day -day basis or yeah. are you not as analytical in that sense? Uh, me as an individual, it's definitely not my skill set to be that analytical. Okay. However, to answer your question, yes, we do do that and yes, I am in charge of that. Okay. Um, so I guess before I sort of dive into what we do and why, then flip back to the previous question. Example, if you're Man United, you will have employed someone who is a data scientist, right? Like a full-on data analyst, you know, and they that these are the extra levels of detail. So, yeah, again, they'll be doing the same things as I am, but they can just go to the extra depths because they can, because they have better resources. Okay. Um, so, so come back to your question. Uh, yes, it is a, it's, a, it's actually a big part of our work. Um I'll give you a couple of reasons why. So, obviously, my job is to make sure that we're doing the right things at the right times, and keep keep all lads available, lads on the pitch, so that the manager can get his, you know, KPIs in and whatever he feels to make sure that we have the best chance of being successful. Right. So, but a massive part of that is obviously being the fittest, the quickest, the strongest team in the league, as well as being the best at football and the best at keeping possession and all these things. Um, but the GPS helps us essentially manage our training loads across the week to to allow us to, again, I'll go back to do the right things at the right time. Are we training hard enough at the right time? 
etc etc and, and, and obviously look at the individual basis and then and then you go back again to your other question around the three groups the older lads the, and then the, this is where you can get a little bit key with okay I know this central midfielder who's just run 12k but he's 35 and he might not be able to train on the match day plus two yeah you know, so that then you start to individualize or use that information to individualize his the rest of his week from a recovery perspective whereas our other central midfielder who's covered a similar amount of distance, but he's 21, he will be able to go outside on the, on the next day. He might be managing a little bit, but he's in a much nicer position from a physical perspective to go and yeah. to go and sort of ease off outside and, you know, get a feel for the ball and that sort of stuff. So it, it's definitely a massive part of our week um, with both myself and the medical staff to make sure we keep the lads healthy. But it also allows us to push boundaries of physical performance as well. So... One thing that we had a massive focus on in preseason this year is we were looking at basically intensity of games from so our European game. So when we play in Europe, that's they're the most intense games that we will play because of the standard of our league isn't high enough. So then we looked at that and using the GPS, we could essentially break down periods of those games. Let's say you look at a 10-minute block in a game and it, it shows us, okay, on average we're covering this much distance per minute in this game we're covering this many accelerations per minute all these different metrics that are that are demanded you know mm-hmm. a high level of intensity we, we sort of look to break that down as much as we can because the reason I say 10 minutes is because we so our manager likes to play uh, just 10 minute blocks for 11 11 quite regularly with a variety of rules and regulations but he just likes it 10 minute he, he thinks it's a perfect okay. time to, to give them enough work and then and then sort of recover. So we, we looked at our 10-minute box in Europe, what we're getting out of there, and then we, we basically use that data to try and change our training rules, our training style, or what, however we design those types of drills to make sure that we, we can essentially look to train at those intensities or above and beyond those intensities, which we managed to do quite well. Because um, essentially, you know, being a club that you know isn't as great as some of the clubs we're going to play in Europe, there's no excuse for us to get beat by being not as good as the other team from a football yeah. perspective. But we have to be fit. We have to be, you know, you have to be fit enough to make sure you you yeah. can stay in the game and sort of try and dominate that way. But I think we're in a good position from that sense. Um, you know, obviously you just play up, up against some very good teams, so it's tough. Yeah. But, but I'm interested. Did you? In this research in the ten minute blocks, did you find like a, a consistent ten minute block where you maybe where the team struggled or or uh yeah, we definitely did. Um obviously it's just the same as everyone will have the same answer. It's just the later stages of the game. Okay. You, know, you just start to flag and it's just because of the level of intensity they that they've been exposed to prior to those last twenty minutes as an example. Yeah. It's just been higher than they've been used to, so that's why we tried to do, work that out so we could provide them. And then we used pre-season as a time to slowly build them up to different volumes and time so that we could compete in those minutes. And we generally thought from a physical perspective, Europe went really well. You know, we just played with some very good teams and it, it is what it is. Um, yeah. Here's an interesting yeah. question for you. As a team that plays from August to, I'm assuming, May, Yeah. Um, when European begins in July or early August, you kind of were hinting at it there, but how 
how does that change your preseason training where you have to have so much emphasis on the start of this season uh, yeah. because of the European games? Yeah, it's, it's mad, you know. So the problem TNS have, so because we're quite, a, like we, we, we can pay players quite well, we can attract a good level of players because we have the European um, experience, you know, the lads yeah. won't get anywhere else. And, it, you know, there's a lot of positives as why you'd want to come and play for TNS. We're full-time, great facility, good gym staff all this sort of stuff um but because of our time is like you say it's so hard like the we're trying to get the balance of everything of getting players in it's, it's really hard because our season will finish when our season finishes most league clubs in england are still playing yeah then we come back so early that they've essentially just finished their season and they're in off season so trying to attract players and get into these times and players on the contract is it's a real struggle man it's it's hard but um yeah so it's tough, but because the standard of our league isn't as high, yeah. one thing that we've started doing is if we get to a certain stage of the season towards the end and it looks like we're, we've either won and we're going to win the league, normally, you know, you dip off. It's a little bit shit for our lads, but we don't. We 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 came up with the approach that we have to just keep them as high as we can from a physical perspective so that when we do give them the four weeks off, so we typically give them four weeks off, uh, two weeks of downtime and two weeks build-up, so that when they come out to pre-season, they're ready to go. Um, and I know it's not ideal, it's just the best we can do, because like yeah. you said, Europe is, is the most important part of our season. So we need them to go away in such a high state, because obviously when they come back, they're going to detrain, but we don't want yeah. them to be here, we want them to be here or as close to here as possible. So it's very hard, yeah. uh, you know, we've definitely not got all the answers, but we just try and leave them in the best state as we can. We say to them, you've got two weeks off, lads, do as you please. And then we have to just build for two weeks and just crack on and make sure our preseason is, you know, appropriately managed because you don't yeah. want anyone to get injured. But of course, the the other issue we have is getting preseason games that are of a standard that we need them to be because a lot of teams still they're not back they're not they're not yeah. ready. Um, so that's that's another issue we have. But we, we we've found a few games that you know have helped. But. Yeah, it's an ongoing process, mate. That we're still trying to interesting. You know, yeah. I just think it's interesting. Uh... Because our season is over the summer, so by the time July rolls around, we're midway through the season. We're ideally yes, you, know, you guys are in yeah. season when we play you. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I know. So it's an interesting, so, it's so, an interesting so, dynamic. Just on that, then, like, as a player, like you know, I'm I'm sure I know the answer to this, but do you feel that has a massive advantage? Because we're just not as sharp. You know, yeah. you massive. could argue that the teams are better than you anyway, but we're just not in like you're definitely more in the rhythm when you're in season of just. Which yeah. is another challenge we have, and it's how do you manage that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough one. Like, you know, for us mid-season last year, we had picked up an injury or two, which, which can affect it. But, you know, at that point in the season, we're clicking, you know, it's kind of just like next person up. Like, we're sharp, we're feeling good. Yeah. And we're going into Europe. It's I think it's a massive advantage. Like, we yeah, even, it's great. Oh, it's great. you know, yeah, when we know. came up against the Polish Giants, they're like Poznan, like they were just at the start of their season, had a little bit of a rough start to the season, and we're mid-season, like, fighting Lost for a title up, yeah. and, and sharp. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it's weird. It's interesting because, like, we come in sharp, and some of these teams are just coming back from holiday, like you're saying. So Yes, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's a disadvantage to a lot of teams, isn't it? But I don't know how you manage that. Sure. Like, even, even the competition, there's no way you can change it. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's a... It's something definitely you have to think about. So, yeah, I uh, 
I'm not sure I have too many other questions. Can I leave you for like 10 seconds just to quickly get a charge on my phone? Does that yeah, affect no, no problem. Are you sure? Yeah, go for it. Just give me one second. I'm just going to get the charger. Okay. Brilliant. Um, so I'm not really sure. I mean, now we can just kind of speak freely. I'm not really sure if I have any other questions, but is there anything that you want to uh, want me to ask or want to speak about? Um, well, obviously, I guess, like, it would be interesting for me to hear your thoughts on, you know, physical prep and your experience with strength conditioning and where you see it and how, what your opinions on that are. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, so I can kind of talk about, I guess, our our team at the minute and our, uh, yeah. our programming. But, um, yeah, like, we don't have... We've we've been trying to be better about having um, you know like prehab a warm up a little bit before training, um, but at this point, like I was saying, we train in the afternoon, uh, and some guys you know get in at different times, uh, get yeah. to the club at different times, um, so we don't have any like you know set prehab type of thing in the gym. It's kind of just up to you, do your own thing. You know what your body needs type of thing. Yeah. Um, but then our yeah our conditioning coach runs the warm up um, and a little bit of speed work just before we get into training, um, and then I guess depending on the week he tries to get us in the gym once a week. Um, but it just you know if we start to play twice a week um, or have the cup or just Europe, you know obviously the schedule breaks up. Um, but I think there's a a big importance of course on. A conditioning coach because you need somebody who's managing your load dealing with the warm-up um, but can also like work very closely with the coach yeah um, so that was kind of what my my you, old club do you get so you know as you were saying there you've obviously got there's a very individual approach to your sort of training prep because of work commitments etc is yeah. there you know without sort of spilling details that you don't need to is there uh, is there an injury issue like is everyone fine Is people manage themselves like you know do you think there's something um, this year we've we haven't had any injury issues um we did yeah. a little bit last year um, but i think i think our fitness coach kind of realized some mistakes and and maybe you know tweaked it for this year um, with our conditioning when it came to preseason uh, and like our workout load and everything, because I but I, no, I've I, I don't it, think I've always found it really interesting. Right, so as a strength conditioning coach, I obviously preach and push for you know gyms important, preps important, etc. You have mm -hmm. to do your hamstring load in, blah 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 blah. But then, you know, from my experience and just my previous work in football, I've worked with players that. So what's the most important thing is the pitch loadings, right? So I've worked with players that they'll go into a game and from, forget about how they played, but from a physical yeah. performance, they give you everything. You know, they, their high-speed running through the roof as a fullback, they're pressing and all these different metrics that, you know, they're, they're ticking all the boxes from a physical perspective, but then they don't get injured. Yet some of those people are the worst ones in the gym. <laughs> I, I just find this sort of way of how football works it, but this is why I think you just need to take an, an individual approach and sort of understand yeah. everyone because but then you can have the lad that's you know does everything in the gym and still gets injured right so 
I've always found that fascinating because obviously I have my own bias. I'm the strength education coach. I gym, yeah. you know, blah blah blah. But yeah, I, I find I mean, it, find it fascinating. I fully believe there are players that are just natural footballers that all they need is a ball at their foot and you know a little bit of training and they don't need any gym work like their body just functions as one yeah. I, I fully believe in that concept like we have a couple of guys you know whenever it's like okay we got a, a lifting session some of these guys are just like oh you know and I'm, I'm thinking of one in particular he just goes down there like kind of pretends to roll out and uh, you know <laughs> yeah. does this and then goes to the pitch and you just you can't touch him you know yeah he, I know I know those guys I I think it's so funny, but I think it has to be individualized because um, without knocking on our, our current strength and conditioning coach, it isn't as individualized. Um, it's partially because he's not full-time, the club's not full-time, so um, you know maybe doesn't have enough time to, to monitor what every player is doing or how, what they should be doing. Yeah. Um, but I think, it, I think strength and conditioning is definitely up to a point, very individualized. Like when you get on the pitch and you're warming up and you're working on speed work and everything, then yeah, I, you know, I think that's a, that's a team function, not as individualized, but it's before and after training um, that can definitely be individualized. Yeah, so I, I agree. Yeah. It's an interesting, uh, yeah, interesting concept because some players don't need to touch a weight and if they touch a weight can actually be detrimental for them. Yeah, and other they need the the maintenance lifts and everything. So, yeah, it's, I'm, it's, I'm sure that's a bit of a, you know, uh, it's just one is. Oh, it's crazy because again, you have the groups of lads that hate gym, don't want to do gym. Ones that are in the middle, in between, and impartial, and they'll they'll just do you know what what we ask them to do, and yeah. then you have the group of lads. So we have a couple of lads that just I have to tell them to not do it because they just love doing extras and stuff. So yeah, it's always funny, mate. But um. Like you said, it's just one of the things you have to manage individuals for. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, yeah, I mean, if you've got another question for me or if there's anything else you want to talk about, I think we'll kind of start to, to wrap it up a little bit. Yeah, man. Um, no, no, I've enjoyed it, mate. It's been good just to catch up and stuff. Um, you know, I guess there's almost we could we could delve into a whole other conversation, you know, around your, your injury and your rehab yeah. and how physical prep can... You know, because I think from a rehabilitation perspective and injury perspective, particularly with such a, uh, you know, without some negative, like a devastating injury like like yeah. you've had, um, I think there's a lot of detail and layers that, that strength conditioning coaches can provide to someone in your position. And I think that's where, so there's a lot you can offer a team, obviously, but it's more about getting them on the pitch. You know, let's be honest, I'm not that important in that aspect. And I understand that. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not deluded, but I think with someone like you, it's it's absolute key to make sure you have someone that knows what they're doing, and you know your physical your physical prep plan now is going to be paramount, isn't it?